welcome back to Texas by Design. I'm Brian Kennedy, Chief Private Market Officer for Jones & Carter, and I'm here today with Tom Wooliver, founder of Oxland Advisors, a real estate development and consulting company. Tom, welcome to Texas by Design. Thanks for having me, Brian. Tom has over 25 years experience in the real estate industry, building a vast network of best-in-class consultants, vendors, and relationships through the, throughout the industry. Currently, Tom is working on a variety of projects across the country, providing forward-thinking solutions at all different scales. Prior to Oxland Advisors, Tom served as Vice President at Hillwood Communities. During his tenure at Hillwood, Tom was known as the father of the Live Smart Vision 2011, a fresh, holistic approach on developing the next generation of master plan communities. When we're working with our master plan community clients, they're always strategizing about what amenities they can include in their communities. They might differentiate their master plan communities from their competition. It seems that the old form, format of community pools, rec centers are not enough anymore. We've seen a lot of creative and new amenity concepts pop up with master plan communities. Talk to us about what, we're, what you're seeing out there as far as the amenities being considered and, and talk to us a little bit about what's driving the shift in some of those amenities. Sure. I mean, the, the whole concept of a master plan community is you're trying to build value and build value in these, you know, these large scale projects. And, you know, there's so much in this business, the, you know, the, the really to do this successfully, you know, you only have so much dollars for what I call discretionary spending. And, um, you know, you have to put the, the utilities and the infrastructure in to make these communities just to, to, to live, number one. But then, you know, you have what's left over to, to add that value add, you know, bring that additional piece um, to create this, you know, what we call master plan communities these days. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen really kind of in my career and even more recently is the days of, hey, we just need to go ahead and build, you know, I call them check the box amenities. Yeah, pools, parks, and playgrounds, right? Hey, we're gonna go build a pool, we're gonna build a park, playground, check, we're a master plan community. And that's just not, it's not, a consumer is, is a lot more intelligent on, you know, where they're going to live and how they're going to live. So I think where I've seen, you know, you know, in my career and then even recently, people are looking for a solution. You know, your amenity should be a solution to a problem. Hmm. So if you're trying to get a prospect to come and, you know, to a greenfield development and the next, you know, next ring of suburbs, you have to create a place. And a place is, particularly in Texas, you know, the, the pool is definitely a good amenity, um, but it's not an all gear amenity. And, you know, we kind of look at amenities to solve, you know, what that demographic is looking for, but have amenities that hit all the demographics. So you're starting to see, I mean, it's really getting back to the basics today, you know, the, part, the trails and, you know, the open spaces, but there's a lot more what I call soft programming going into these master plans today, which is, you know, has just as much value as a physical asset of a, you know, amenity center or swimming pool. So when, when you're looking at a new project that's going to have a new amenity program uh, in these master plan communities, uh, what, what steps do you take to determine if the amenity package resonates with the buyer? Uh, research. Yeah, you have to do your research. And, um, and a lot of these projects, you know, will go out and hire market research to understand the demographic because your demographic, you know, let's say in Northwest Houston 
is going to be different than far west Fort Worth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, even though you may have the same, you know, economic backgrounds and buying power, but the the amenities and programming that that you know sub demographic may want, we try to mine that information. We've done surveys. We've done um, you know detailed surveys in the community who bought from us before. And getting down to that granular level of, you know, what do people want? Because there's an age group difference too. So someone who's in, you know, a different stage of their life and I, uh, you know, call it the back end, you mm-hmm. know, their, their amenities are maybe different than raising a young family. So you try to figure what all, you know, what that demographic is looking for. And then you go into the problem solving mode. It's like, what problem, what service can we offer in a community that, will make your, you know, buying in this community a better quality of life. And I mean, examples of that is, um, you know, could you provide services, um, you know, like one we did, you know, example we've done before is like we did a farm, for example, right? And mm-hmm. this farm was the physical asset. And we've got a lot of discussion about this farm we built in a project called Harvest. But the, the reality of that, the magic of it was not the physical asset. It was what the farm brought to that community, which there was a tie to a charity. There was a tie to, you know, that philanthropic piece. And there was a give back to the HOA. That's the sauce that makes these communities different. Those are the kind of things you want to find. But all that goes back to doing your research, uh, finding out who your demographic is, and trying to solve a problem. Because there's just cannot be a one-size-fits-all for these communities. Very interesting. For a long time, the water and lakefront lots have been sold at a premium, and I'm assuming that's still the case. Uh, but are you seeing an increase in, in, in the price in communities where they're implementing more innovative amenity packages? I think the answer is yes and yes. I mean, people are still, the fundamental real estate is still valuable, you know, yeah. whether you're on a lake or you got a view or um, you're in the hill country or whatever. That will, always, that will never go away. But there will always be value to that. But there is this other piece of, you know, value. And, and these amenitized communities or master plan communities will always generate a premium over, I call them, builder commodity neighborhoods, right? And particularly on the down cycles. So as the down cycles come, you know, there's a flight to quality. Um, so the amenities that, we, that you do and you program um, is there that intangible, it's going to be X amount, you know, percentage higher premium? I think it's going to vary. I think you, you really see that premium rise actually in your softer times. Yeah. Um, so I do think these, you know, there's definitely a tremendous amount of value in the real estate on what you can do from an amenity side. But it's also the amenities that you program for that is, you know, again, I back to can it relate to that consumer? And sometimes it doesn't mean you just spend the money. It, it's going to equate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend the money and amenity and all of a sudden I'm going to create that value. Well, you know, you just built a pool and you're going to build another pool. Did you really create another, you know, additional value there? So something we have uh, noticed about communities you're engaged in uh, is around the, the resident engagement that you seem to achieve. It's interesting because many of the times our clients consider amenities based on how they think it's going to influence the buyer experience. Uh, but your communities seem to have an additional organic growth in sales because the amenities are made more appealing by the sense of community. 
Uh, how are you able to achieve this level of, of, of resident activation and, and use your amenities? Well, I like to say like, hey, we've got a great team and we're super smart, um, but a lot of times we just get lucky also, the, the reality is. But yeah. if you look at like our best, you know, our best dollar that we can spend on marketing is investing that in our existing homeowners. So you have happy homeowners, they're going to go tell their friends and their friends and they're going to post on social media and, and so forth. So we do spend a lot of time is, you know, of trying to get that right um, programming. And, you know, we've done some projects where we like, we, we try to, we have a robust team that comes in there and has all different types of events. And it's, you know, it's events for different groups, different ages. And, um, you know, that person or team is, you know, probably, in my opinion, a lot more valuable than a physical amenity. Mm -hmm. uh, but once you invest in that, and the, then the next phase of that is designing the spaces for those folks to, to leverage these, these um, social activities. And, you know, I, 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 one example I had is we, we spent all this time on creating this fantastic place and uh, spent a lot of money kind of on you know, the buildings around it because it was all going to make this great social hub. And um, the most successful amenity we did to do that was almost an afterthought. It was we just stuck a, you know, we weren't stuck. I mean, it was planned. But we, we put a barn, just a simple barn, very inexpensive, in this open field, right? And it was, it was at a location where people would come and leave every day. And it was kind of, it was for whole intent was spontaneous gatherings, right? Unprogrammed gotcha. gatherings. That became our most popular amenity. Interesting. Uh, and it, so now learning that, you start thinking about people like to interact with people in different ways. Sometimes they want the hard programming. Sometimes they want to do their programming on their own with their neighbors. So it's really kind of thinking about how putting that infrastructure in place, that human infrastructure in place, and then creating these different environments that um, are conducive to to all these different uh, demands for the community. Well, Tom, outside of the amenity, amenity packages, uh, obviously technology is changing. Uh, it seems like the, the velocity of technology uh, in the COVID environment has, has increased or the technology change has increased. Can you give us an overview of new technologies that are being utilized in our master plan communities that, that, that are helping with the home buying process and how they're working? So that's, that's a big question because um, technology, the real estate industry in general is light years behind everyone else in technology. And um, the whole COVID experience is, is what I call is a forced disruption um, in our industry, which is needed. Um, you know, people who work, uh, I think the, the, re the reality of where we are today of people, how they're living and working was um, overnight just changed and you had to, you know, adapt. And, um, you know, fortunately, I've always been on the forefront of the technology because it was always kind of this R&D thing. It's like, yeah, we got we to gotta do something technology, but there was never really time or resources allocated. And then overnight, it's like, we got to do something. Um, and what, what, what's the whole COVID thing and the whole technology thing really brought to light the problems in our communities and our industry as a whole. So, you know, I, as a master plan developer, you know, I, I, 
I'm working on a project up in uh, up in Colorado right now, and uh, up there on this technology solution, right? Is it a master plan developer? We put in, you know, the roads. You put in the utilities. You put in you put all this great stuff, right? You know, to build these cities. But there's one thing we don't control, and that's the fiber. And that just blows my mind because when you move, when a homeowner comes in and buys a home and they're excited, the first thing they're doing is calling up their local service provider and waiting between nine to 12 in the next five days so they can live in their home and work in their home. Mm -hmm. So been working that of going into a fiber solution where you can do it yourself. And there's groups out there that you can control that fiber. And it's not really, hey, we're gonna do that to go make money. It's that because there's a, there's a problem and here's a solution. So that consumer today, even more so, they're gonna go buy a house and now their house is their home, it's their office, it's their play space, it's their fitness space. And you know, technology is a thread that keeps it all together. We rely on technology more than ever. So the big change on that is if the developing community is not there on that technology, they're chasing, they're trying to figure it out right now um, because the consumers need it, they expect it. And when we're all on our Zoom calls and you get frustrated because you know you, the audio screwed up or the camera goes down, that's all because of the broadband infrastructure. Interesting. Well, speaking of COVID, we, we were talking the other day a little bit about how the social distancing has probably changed the master plan community delivery of the products oh. that's, that are delivered. Uh, maybe from a backyard experience. Can you explain a little bit about uh, about that? Yeah, I, I think the next stage uh, fallout of the COVID is will be home design. Um, you know, I think traditionally, and I'll, I'll put this in Texas markets. So in Texas, we you know we all cherish that backyard experience, right? So it's always been about the backyard, especially in Houston, mm -hmm. right? So you got your backyard experience. Um, well, now you know now in the COVID, and and you're working at home. And maybe you got kids doing homeschooling and, you know, now your backyard was your oasis to get away from where you work. Well, now your home is your work. Now you're craving that social interaction. So really looking at, I think, home design and community design is going to change. And we're looking at this on a project I'm working on right now is you're going to have that backyard space. But how do you treat that front yard? You know, right now people are just pulling up their coolers and their lawn chairs and the driveway because that's their only social interaction. But how can we make that space better, right? So I think home design is going to change. The streetscapes are going to change. Um, we're pushing it right now on a project. Um, so I do think that will be a, a result of, the, call it the lack of socialization during COVID. I do want to add one last thing about technology that is, is important to that, especially during COVID, is your sales experience, and, which is amazing to me. Uh, there was a... Um, several studies on this and the builders are greatly lagging behind on their sales experience which is you know mind-boggling in the fact that i can go buy you know shoelaces online and you know i can't get the online information on a on a home purchase um so you know what we've been doing with leveraging technology and i think there's a there's a race to this and um having an online presence where you can select maybe your own lot or select your finishes in your home. Because during the COVID, we're having great sales right now in the communities. Um, probably there's a whole bunch of other factors to that, but 
the sales traffic that's coming in to the models are highly qualified traffic. So the success rate is a lot higher. Well, they're doing their research online. So there's a lot of groups out there. There's a lot of technology out there that is, is we've barely scratched the surface on. But I do think it's going to be the future of the home buying experience. Very interesting. Thank you for that. Tom, it's been great to sit down with you, and I appreciate your perspective on these topics. We look forward to having you on for a second episode. Talk through the aspect of design charrettes and how the development community can engage a broad range of stakeholders to improve their project successes. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Texas by Design. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to like this episode or give us a five-star rating. We also ask that you share this episode with friends and colleagues that might find this valuable. Thank you again for joining us on Texas by Design, and we look forward to seeing you next time.